In Jesus' name, I want us to just open our mouths this evening and appreciate God again. Thank him again for bringing you to church this evening. Another Ash Wednesday. You saw the one of last year and today you are alive again. It is the Lord's doing. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we honor your name this evening. There is nothing we can do without you. Our God and our Father, you are our source. You are also our sustainer. You are the one that keeps, you are the one that preserves us. Thank you for the sacrifice at the cross more than 2,000 years ago for our sake. Thank you, Father. Even as we go through your word briefly, Lord, we pray that you will touch our lives and do something new in us. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Thank God for this opportunity to share with us briefly and also to thank um, our Father and the Lord for giving me this opportunity. Um, it's a beautiful season. Hallelujah. We are in the season of Lent. And today is actually the first day in that season of Lent. And um, our topic today is actually the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. And we don't, we don't have much of time. So I'm going to, God's going to help us to work with the limited time that we have and still go with a word from him. Hallelujah. Now, the period of Lent is, you know, a period that means different things to different people. Hallelujah. It means different things to different people. I was traveling this morning and, um, I was at a park. I was traveling to Ohozara in a boy states to do a case. And I overheard somebody, one of the guys walking there shouting, Hey, today is Lent. So don't eat me too. Hallelujah. That's within this period that you are not expected. He was just saying it, but I overheard him. You know, to some persons, it is a period you don't eat meat. To some other person, it is a period you try to avoid certain things. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to drink alcohol if you are into alcoholism. You don't want to lie. You don't want to do certain things. To some person, that is what Lent is. That is what Lent is to them. So people have different meanings. But in our church, according to our, the, 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 the our, 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 our calendar, the church calendar, this period is a period where we remind ourselves of the things that happened and that finally led, the events that happened that finally led to the deaths, you know, the burial, and finally the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Am I correct? That is what we remind ourselves in this time or at this period of time. And that is very, very fantastic. Very, very, very fine. It's a period we remind ourselves. We need to come back to that consciousness of the things that happened at that period of time. And um, as far as I'm concerned, that's why the Holy Spirit laid that song in my heart. The Lenten season is not supposed to be, or the consciousness that we have during the Lenten season, let me put it that way, is not something that's supposed to be within a period of time. That consciousness of 
the finished work of Christ. That consciousness of how Christ was tempted, how Christ suffered, how Christ died, how Christ resurrected on the third day, is not supposed to be something that is seasonal. It's supposed to be a daily consciousness. It's supposed to be something, a consciousness that is in us every single moment in our life as believers, as Christians. Some religious people will see it as it's a tradition. So they look forward to that 40 days. They look forward to the, to the mark of the, of the ash on their forehead. To them, it's, it's a beautiful, they feel good about it. So that is religion. But the truth is that Christianity is not a religion. I don't know the mindset you came to church with this evening. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal his word to us in a way that we will understand it. So it's not a religion. It's not the, it's not the, the tradition. There is something beyond it. Christianity is a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle that is, that is constant, that is consistent. It's a daily lifestyle. And if it is in you, it is in you. And if it is not in you, it is not in you. So I don't know if you are among those that came to church today. Because today is, we are, we are starting Lent today. I don't know if you are one of them. I don't know if you're one of those people that, you know, this season is, you know, a sanctimonious season for you. And after the 40 days, you go back to your old lifestyle. That is not Christianity. You are, you are deep in religion. And the truth is that religion will not take you to heaven. What will take you to heaven is your lifestyle as a believer. Your lifestyle as a Christian. Consistently. Consistently. So the period of Lent, actually, what it does, when I was meditating, one of the things that the Holy Spirit laid in my heart, he said the, one of the reasons why probably the church decided to have a season like this, is so that when we come to church within this period, it will reignite our consciousness. It will reignite our, our beliefs. That thing that we believe already. That faith that we carry on our inside, on our inside that life of God that is in us, is to reignite that consciousness. And it will not stop after the 40 days. It continues. Because that is your lifestyle. That is your lifestyle. That is why we, we are here today. So if Paraventure you are here and you are losing faith. If Paraventure you are here and you are deep into sin. If Paraventure you are here and you, the devil is still, is still in charge of your life. You are the reason for this season. It is because of you that we've gathered. Because God wants to give you an opportunity for you to come back to him. He wants to give you an opportunity for you to know that he is still interested in your life. That he is still interested in everything that concerns you. Hallelujah. That's why we are here today. So I wouldn't know, last Sunday during the, 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 the prophecy, God kept saying something. About sin, people, people drinking, you know, the cup of, people drinking the cup of iniquity, drinking with the cup of iniquity. And so many, that gave me serious concern. And people believe, some people will tell you that once you are saved, you are saved forever. Have you heard that message before? That message is from the pit of hell. When you are saved, you are not saved forever. The Bible said that we need, there is a walking out of our salvation. There is that aspect of our salvation that needs working out. 
I tell people that preach grace that your problem is that you don't even understand what grace is. There is this aspect of grace that brings people, the aspect that deals with mercy. You know, you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are into mess. You are into sin. And that grace is calling you, come, come, come. And you come and the grace cleanses you. That is an aspect of grace. But there is another aspect of grace that comes with an ability. The ability that keeps you righteous. That ability that keeps you strong in the Lord. That one is also grace. The, the Bible says that the grace of God has done what? Has appeared unto what? Unto men. Teaching us to say no to ungodliness. That is an aspect of grace. So as a Christian, you can actually fall into sin. And when you remain in sin as a child of God and the trumpet blows, you are heading to hell. Now, when I was also studying, I, I told God that, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want it to look like a message that would condemn people. But there is something called godly sorrow. And that is what this season is all about. It's a season of, or it's a solemn season. It's a season of set apart. It's a season of self-examination. It's a season of remorsefulness. It's a season that you humble yourself and say, God, I want to know the areas I'm not getting it right. I want to know the areas I need your help. I want to know the areas I need strength from you. The truth is that if you look into your life deeply, there is something, there is something somewhere that you may not be comfortable with as a child of God happening in your life. And it takes humility. That's where we now come into our text for today. It takes humility, a humble heart. Psalm chapter 51, verse 17. If you are there, you can help me read. Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and constrict heart. O God, you will not despise. Hallelujah. That the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. Say a broken spirit, a contrite heart, the Lord will not despise. The Lord will not despise. So it takes a broken heart. Now, listen and listen carefully. This place is not talking about the sacrifice that God wants to offer. You know, if you look at it, say the sacrifice of God. It's not the sacrifice God wants. God has already done his own part by sacrificing Jesus, his only son. Bible said in the book of, of John chapter 3 verse 16, very popular scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have a That is sacrifice. And that sacrifice is once and for all sacrifice. So God is not going to sacrifice any other thing. He has already sacrificed Christ. He has already sacrificed. So the, 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 the burden is now on us. The sacrifice you're talking about is the sacrifice of God here is the sacrifice that God demands of you. The sacrifice that God demands of me. The sacrifice that God demands of you at every particular point in time. Not in a particular season. Not in a particular moment. Some people are close to God when things are bad. When there is no job. Probably you are looking for the fruit of the womb. Maybe you are the age of getting married. There is no husband. There is no wife. You've graduated and spent like five years, six years, no job. And you are very close to God. 
you're very close to God. And immediately the job hits. Bam, the brethren will stop seeing you in church. Hallelujah. So the sacrifice we are talking about here is that sacrifice of a broken heart. Is what God demands from you. Is what God requires from me. That is the sacrifice. God has done his own part. God has done his own part. It is now on us to now do our own part. Psalm 50, 51 from verse 1 to 7. If you look, if you read it very, very well, because of time, we may not go into it. That psalm was written by David. David was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. A powerful man of God. He had a relationship with God. But something happened that made him to write this particular psalm. Something happened in his life. There was, a, there, there was something that, that shook the foundation of his belief. His faith. And he was so broken. He felt so bad. He felt so remorseful. That godly sorrow was on him. The burden of sin was on him. And he humbled himself. He humbled himself and came to God. If you read Psalm 51 from verse 1, you understand what I'm talking about. And in the course of his prayer, he said, Father, a broken heart, the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. And he knows that a broken and a contrite heart that God will not despise. So no matter the stage you are in sin, no matter how deep you are into sin, no matter how far you've gone, no matter the things you've done in the time past, if you study what happened to, 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 to David in the book of First Samuel, somebody, a king, a king, and the Bible says that when, when the kings were supposed to go to war, that David decided not to go for war. There was a war, and it was his responsibility as a king to be part and parcel of that war. But he relaxed. Not just that only he relaxed. The Bible says that he climbed on top of the roof. I wonder what he was doing there. I wonder what he wanted to see there. He climbed on the top of the roof. And he was walking like devil. If you read the book of Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2. The Bible said that when God asked Job, uh, asked Satan. Where thou comest from? He said I'm moving to and fro and all that. So actually Satan does not have accommodation. He's always moving. And if you're moving like him, two of you will jam. Hallelujah. That was what happened to David. If you are moving like Satan does not have accommodation. He has accommodation problem. He's always moving to and fro. Looking for somebody that is also moving to and fro too. And once he gets you, you are gone. Once he gets you, you are gone. And that was what happened to David. And so many of us are like that. You are just idle doing nothing. You are just idle doing nothing. At that point of your, of your idleness, you become vulnerable. And David was just walking. And immediately he saw a naked woman that was having her bath. That was where it started from. And loss came into him. And immediately the loss came into him. He sent for the woman. Not just only that he sent for the woman. He slept with the woman. Committing adultery. Not only that he slept with the woman. He asked for his husband to be sent back from the place of war. Uriah. 
And the husband came back. Because of time, we will not read the scriptures. The husband came back. He wanted to deceive the husband. I want us to understand the kind of sin David committed. Not one, no, not two, not three, not four, not five. He wanted to deceive the husband of the woman to go and be with the wife so that they will not say you are the one that impregnated the wife. And the man refused. The man said no. That his mates are in the war front. He can't, he can't be with his wife. That is a man that understands purpose. That is a man that understands that understand his calling. He had understanding of, of, of his calling and his purpose. And he said no. And he went back to the place of war. And David, remember David was a man of God. Hallelujah. So, David now said, okay, since you decided to go back to the war, he now wrote and said, put him at the heated point of the war so that they will kill him. So David did not only lost, David did not only deceive, David did not only commit adultery, David also committed murder. It was that bad. It was that serious. It was so terrible. And God sent the prophet Nathan, and Nathan came and gave him a parable. And after that, David, in his own, by his own self, he condemned himself. And Nathan, the prophet Nathan told him, you are actually the person I'm talking about. And David broke down. That is the heart God is looking for. The Bible said that immediately he broke down and he prayed and he asked, verse 13 said, and God forgave him in sin. God forgave him. But something still happened. That particular child that the, 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 the Uriah's wife gave birth to finally did what? Finally died according to the word of God. And that's one thing that happens with sin. God can actually forgive you, but the scar of sin is always there. And the Bible, and God said something concerning David that, that happened, that he said that the, that sword will not depart from his house. That is the scar of sin. But that is not the, the place I'm going to. The place I'm going to is the kind of heart David had. Bible said David broke down. That was when he now wrote Psalm 51 and he cried unto the Lord. He said, Lord, have mercy upon me. I have sinned against you. He started crying. He started shedding tears. He broke down. That is the broken heart. That is the broken heart. And the Bible said that that broken heart, God will never despise. God will never despise. It happened to Peter. It happened to Peter. Peter, Jesus told him that you're going to deny me three times. He said it's not possible. Like, like a whole man of God like me. Me, that is the head of the apostles. Me, deny you. It's not possible. It's not about the flesh. But you know what? Peter denied Christ. In a day, he denied him three times. And after the three times, the sign happened. And he became aware. But he didn't do what, 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 what this, um, um, uh, what's the name of the one that um, betrayed Jesus? He didn't do that. He went back and he cried. He cried unto the Lord. He, 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 that brokenheartedness was there. And today we celebrate Peter. Just a few moments from then, God used him to convert 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost. That is what, that is what this place is talking about. A broken heart. A broken heart. A heart of repentance. A humble heart. A heart that is willing to bend down and say, Father, Lord, I'm sorry. Examine himself and say, Father, this area, I'm not doing it well. And cry unto him. Cry unto him. Cry unto him. God is faithful and just. He's always there. He's always willing to accept us back. Don't be for me, man of God. I was, I, I was counseling a, a brother recently and he was sharing some things with me. I told him, see, brother, your spirituality does not, can never cancel your sexuality. 
that you're spiritual does not mean that you don't have, what's the name of those, those hormones that Google said on, on Sunday? I don't know again. It doesn't mean that you don't have those hormones. Those hormones are there. So your, your spirituality, no matter how high or how powerful you are as a child of God, you are fallible. You are fallible. So what do you need? You need, you need to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. You need to yield yourself to God's word. You need to discipline yourself. That is what this period is talking about. And that is what our life is supposed to be on daily basis. On daily basis. The sacrifice of God is a broken heart. A broken spirit. And the Lord will never despise it. The Lord will never despise it. So apart from asking for forgiveness and all that and, and all that, there is also another level. The level of, of yieldedness. The level of becoming one with God. The level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The level of, of nothing matters more to you except your fellowship, except your devotion with, with God. That is another level of brokenness. And it is at that level of intimacy that God will begin to reveal so many things to you. At that level of intimacy, you begin to hate sin. Sin will no longer make sense to you. That thing that used to, that used to appeal to you will no longer appeal to you again. St. Paul said, I die daily. I am crucified with him. Those things, you are dead to flesh. Those things that appeal to you before that when you see them, your body will begin to shake. Those things will no longer appeal to you again. I traveled for a matter, I traveled to Osaka for a matter with a lawyer and we were just, and the lawyer asked me, do I take alcohol? I said, I don't take alcohol. He said, why? I said, it's about my level of consecration. I don't. And I will not. He now said, okay, that he wants to stop by. He was driving me. That he wants to stop by so that he can buy the alcohol that he wants to drink. So we stopped by. And he bought palm wine. Very fresh palm wine. And the man was drinking the palm wine. I was doing his mouth like this. Just to know if the thing will get to me. Praise God. He was just doing it. I told him, this thing you're doing will not work. I am dead to that. I am dead to it. I am dead to it. I am dead to it. So God is bringing us to the level that even as a young boy, that you see a, a, a girl that is naked before you and you are, unsha- you, are, you are not shaking. That is a level of consecration. That is a level of consecration. And that is the level that God is bringing us to. The period of sacrificing, the period that you are dead to flesh, you are dead to sin. You are dead to sin. Not what everybody does that matters. You, you have your own life. You have a personal relationship with God. And God is the one directing you on daily basis. Directing you on daily basis. Let me just say this before I summarize. There was a day I asked my mom, why you don't, you don't apply makeup? You don't wear earring? I was asking her, you don't, you just, you just have your bath and you're gone. She's just like our mommy, mommy Ruby. Hallelujah. And I asked her something one day. I asked her, mommy, why is it that you don't? She said that it's her level of, con- the things she wants to sacrifice for God. Her level of consecration. She said before she gave her life to Christ that she was doing all those things. But when she gave her life to Christ, she continued it, but she had, she wasn't comfortable with them. That does not mean that I'm against those that, that wear makeup or that wear earring. My wife wears earring and I'm okay with it. But she said, according to her level of consecration, her dealings with God, after she gave her life to Christ, so what are you willing to give up for God? What are you willing to give up for God? In your life, look at your life. 
Are you that type that don't forgive? Are you that type that hold grudges and malice? Are you that type that oh, you get angry over, over little things? Are you that type that gets irritated over little things? And when they ask you, you say, that is who I am. Oh, I cannot change. You cannot change me. It is God that has made me this way. Church, Christianity. This is, if you give it to me, I will give it to you. Fire by fire. Some Christians are like that. Look into your life. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? St. Paul, if you read the book of Philippians, where we got our, our team, St. Paul had everything. He had everything. But he decided to give up all those things he had so that he can gain Christ. So that he can get to know Christ. So that he can win Christ. What are you willing? What are you willing to sacrifice for Jesus? What are you willing to give up for him? What are you willing? It may not necessarily be sin. It may be a weight. But what is it that you are willing, that, that, that you know that you can sacrifice because of where you are heading to? The truth is this. The Holy Spirit told me something. He said that when the trumpet will sound, it is once and for all. There is no second batch. There is no supplementary list. There is no second batch. There is no second supplementary list. Once it sounds, it sounds. Those that are ready will be raptured. Those that are not ready will go to hell. Irrespective of how powerful you are as a man of God. And how spiritual you think you are. Examine your life. I believe God is speaking to somebody this evening. Let's stand on our feet. In the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you for your word this evening. Help us, O Lord, without you we can do nothing. May your grace keep us. May your grace preserve us. In a time like this, Father, help us. Cause us to be strong. Let our hearts always go for you. At the end, O oh Lord, of our journey here on earth, we shall be with you in heaven forever. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.